Welcome to Think About This. I'm Alexis Dean, and I am so glad you're here. For years, I've been building a community of high-performing, high-impact, wildly generous, and supportive entrepreneurs. I've made a lot of introductions between incredible people, and I always wish that I could learn from the conversations that take place after those introductions. On this show, you and I will get to be part of the conversation as I bring together two successful entrepreneurs for peer-to-peer support and discussions that normally happen behind closed doors. Listen in as we solve fascinating business challenges with lessons and ideas that apply across industries. Get ready to learn, expand, and grow. This is the Think About This podcast, brought to you by the Dovetail community. This week's problem we're tackling How do you start a successful podcast? In the last year, the number of podcasts that you can listen to in Apple Podcasts has doubled. It seems like everyone and their dog is starting a podcast. And if you've got a successful business already, you might be thinking about starting one too. But how do you create a podcast that not only stands out in the crowd, but really resonates with your audience and augments your existing brand? There are so many questions. Like, what mic do you use, and how much should it cost, and how do you edit it, or how much do you pay an editor, and how much time is this really going to take? These are all the questions that I had when I decided to start this podcast sponsored by the Dovetail community. So to start this series, I'm talking to the man that helped to get us off the ground, and whose company is producing what you're listening to right now. Matt Hayes is the founder and CEO of Hayes Creative a boutique creative firm that has worked with people from Emmy award-winning hosts to eight-figure entrepreneurs and everyone in between. His company focuses on developing and producing podcasts for companies around the world, while also coaching hosts and guests to show them how to authentically connect with their audience. Matt's also a comedian and radio personality that works with brands and his own content to make millions of people laugh and think around the world. And about me, I'm the founder of Dovetail a global community of women on a mission to advance women's entrepreneurship through generosity, collaboration, education, and unforgettable shared experiences like our Dovetail Summit, Camp Dovetail, and the year-round Dovetail Community Membership and Mastermind. Prior to launching Dovetail, I lived and worked all over the world supporting Fortune 100 companies and schools as a professional facilitator, educator, and corporate trainer. By the end of today's conversation, you'll have a better understanding of what it takes to get your podcast off the ground, and you'll learn the most important questions that you need to ask yourself when starting a podcast, and it might not be what you think. Let's get started. So I have a million and one questions about developing my own podcast, which we're currently recording on, so this feels a little bit meta, Um, and I know that a lot of our listeners are ladies in our membership. Uh, and anyone listening to this probably has the same questions. So what better way to get your questions answered than to have a real subject to work on? <laughs> um, and so- I love that. By the end of this, we're going to have it all brand new and a brand new podcast we're going to develop by the end of this. We have we started with this and by the end of it, it's going to become something a little different and a little bit, you'll have a kind of a better idea of how to do this. So we're, you can watch the, you can watch and listen to the uh, development as we go on through it. Yeah. That kind of just brings me to my first question. I have been working on podcasts ideas and, you know, just battering stuff around with friends over drinks for probably two and a half years. <laughs> and I always thought, well, I'll launch a podcast when I have the right idea or when I know what I want it to look like or when I have a good framework or, you know, I just never really felt like I had one. And then recently I decided that I did have one, but I'm not sure how solid it is. So when you're working with clients, how do you come up with a really good framework? Something that's unique enough that people actually want to listen that's a great question. So oftentimes, most people that come to me already kind of have their vision in their head. 
Now, my job as a producer and a consultant is to take the idea that they have in their head and make it sound good in people's ears because you have you can hear it in your head. So now you have to make that sound actually physical into an, I- an item that people can listen to. So there's a couple different ways to sort through that. Number one is just my first question I ask is just let it out. Tell me what you're envisioning. Say everything that you're thinking because they kind of have an idea of a name potentially. They have two or three they've heard before that they kind of want to craft from. Here's the vision. Here's how I think it's going to sound. And I just let them kind of do a brain dump. I think that's the biggest key is just write down first off everything that you're thinking. Just let it all out. Whatever whatever element, a name, how the length of it, your potential guess, where you want to have it, what you don't want it to sound like, because sometimes people have that idea. And I think that's the biggest key to first start with that. Then the second thing is then we can start, usually in that we can find little nuggets that we start with, whether it's the name, whether it's something unique and different that they want to do. And then it's also, I ask questions about them themselves and what they do and find out a little bit more about their personal brand and how they do things and be able to then find little nuggets in that. Because a lot of times I'll ask, you know, what is it you love doing? What is it that you love helping your clients with? What So many just questions to learn about them and their business and their brand and what genuinely excites them. And usually in that, we can find a little bit of a nugget of potential name or something that's different where their curiosity leads them. Uh, and then from that, we can kind of then, because then that's something that they understand that they relate to. And then I say, here's where we have, you know, the gold here. This is the potential of where something that's very unique for you can really stand out and and then we can then integrate it into the original ideas. And sometimes I'm very blunt and honest too. You know, all of my clients know that I'm a very blunt and honest person. I'll say, uh, no, nah, I don't like this idea for this reason, but let me see how we can spin this and turn it in a different way. And here's why I think we should do it this way. Awesome. So let's do that with me. As you know, you know, I came up with this idea that I'm pretty excited about. I already have a couple of recordings lined up, but I don't really know exactly how I'm going to run the specific podcast So, or each episode. So my idea was that I want to bring in women from Dovetail because we have this incredible community of women entrepreneurs, most with seven figure plus businesses, and they are all lifelong learners. They're infinite learners. And so they're all keen to continue to grow and develop in their business and in their life. And then we have also women within the community who have incredible skills and experience to share. And then I also just have this huge, awesome network of humans all over the world that I want to connect in with our community and and bring their expertise in. So my plan for the podcast is kind of inspired by More Cheese, Less Whiskers uh, or Esther Perel, who does live coaching, More Cheese, Less Whiskers, I believe is Dean Jackson. uh, And he does live coaching of entrepreneurs on the podcast. And I'm not a coach, so I don't want to be the one coaching, but I love learning from experts. I just don't like the same old, same old thing. So my idea and what I've kind of started to organize is to have an expert that I bring in or somebody who has experience in a specific area. And then one of our members who is working on that specific area of focus in her business and have them have a coaching discussion or just a discussion around what they're working on and work through some of the challenges or one of the challenges in their business. So an example of that is uh, one of our ladies is working on her CSR uh, in her business, her corporate social responsibility. She's building relationships with um, nonprofits and is trying to decide whether to launch a nonprofit or just to build a really solid relationship. And then I have another friend who is a CSR specialist, uh, runs a huge charity in the States and is willing to come in and talk her through her strategy. So that'll be something that I think some of our members are interested in listening to. I think others who are in the entrepreneurial space would be keen to listen to it. And it's actually getting much more hands-on and real than kind of just talking through like, well, here's how you build a CSR strategy. It's like, let's actually get on the call and start to build it together. 
that's the idea. So first off, the, the phrase that stood out to me that came to my mind is that you're an idea connector is what this is. You're taking the professional, you're taking the person that needs that and helping to combine the two. So I know you say you're not a coach, but what you are doing is you are a connector. And the thing is that you're able to be able to listen to both of those and you can be on both platforms. You can know both voices and be able to help highlight that. So I, I get what you're saying with it. I think that's a really smart thing. So in a way it's kind of coaching, but it's not, if anything, all you're doing is just helping to guide. It's a bit of a mentorship in that way. So I think you're definitely, I think that's definitely on the right path with that. The only thing is that you have to be careful to remember that in that type of situation is that you are a facilitator and you know your, your job is facilitating this conversation and letting them be. And your job then as a host is to listen for little nuggets here and there that they may have not noticed to try to help connect between the two, which is what I think you already do as it is with your community is you know you help you bring all these people together and you might notice little things that they didn't. And your job is to help you know, put these together and help highlight that. One thing that's so important with the podcast and that a lot of people have a really hard time explaining when they're promoting is explaining what somebody's going to get out of it. When I ask people, why should I listen to this podcast? 95% of the time when I hear the answers, it's not something that makes me want to listen. No, I want to, if I'm going to be taking a half hour, an hour or some three hours of my time, and I'm going to listen to your podcast compared to watching something on Netflix or this or that, I have to know what I'm getting out of it. And your listener is also going to be doing the same thing because they're bombarded with so much content. So what I know is by the end of this podcast, the, you know, they're going to be able to share their knowledge and be able to figure out whether they should do something, whether they should get, get a piece of information that they need. I know that this person is going to help this person figure whatever this problem is out, and there's going to be a solution in that. And then more than likely, I probably will be able to learn something about my business because of that topic that way. So you are on the right track with that. There is an end game with that episode of what they're going to be able to get out of it. So for sure, the general idea is something I think would definitely be different and unique. Awesome. Well, I am glad to hear that. <laughs> Thank right. you for not poo-pooing my idea. <laughs> no, but I would have been open to it if you if you had, if you'd said, well, you know, we've heard that and it's been done. Let me acknowledge that real quick for a second. That yes, are there podcasts that people coach others on? Yes. Does that does that model exist? Yes. So what do we know? That it already exists, that has been successful. So now it's just you taking and giving it your own unique personal spin for your audience and the type of person that one listener that you're going to need that when you're trying to figure out who is your listener, who is the person that is going to listen to this podcast every single week, every single month, whatever it is, then you are able to then craft it into your own way. So we know the model works already. So now the key is, all right, here's the model. Who is that listener that's on the other side that's listening? You know, imagine that, you know, in your head as you're creating this podcast, imagine it's a table, a round table or a square table, whichever, but four seats. There's you, there's the expert or, or the, the mentor, and then the mentoree. And then at the other seat is the listener, is the one person that's going to be listening. Now, tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people will listen to this podcast. But the key is to treat it as there's one other person that's on the other side that's also going to be getting this knowledge and information. And your job is to help take this, help that person that needs that help, get that knowledge and that those questions answered. But also that person that's sitting at the table is going to have questions, going to want that knowledge. And your job is to help guide that to that listener. And that's how you're able to project and be able to treat this content as you're creating it. Yes, there's going to be lots of people that are listening to it, but the key is that you want to treat that person, the listener, that one person that you're envisioning in your head that's listening to that podcast in that one moment and treat them as part of that conversation. So yes, that model has been done before. But the way you do it and present it to that one person and to help try to get into their head 
That's how it's unique and different. Would you say that for every podcaster? I think you and I might have touched on this in a conversation in the past where rather than saying, oh, hey, guys, as though you're talking to a thousand listeners or a hundred thousand listeners to speak as though, yeah, you've got one person sitting across the table from you with this same kind of format. Like if somebody else is launching a podcast, it's them and a guest, they're interviewing the guest. Should they then just picture themselves, their guest, and then one person sitting at the table? Would that still apply for just about everybody? For just about everybody. I think there are some little differences if you're recording something live. So if we were recording this live with a large audience, that would be one thing because there are a lot of people in a way that's more of a conference call or a like a live webinar type deal. So at that point, then you want to get those people involved. But at the same time, though, think about it, though, even at that moment, even though if we're on a Zoom call and I can see a, a, you know, a wide variety of talking heads at the top of my screen in a Zoom call, at that moment, it's just me in this room right here talking to you as you and I. So even though there's other people kind of eavesdropping in, you kind of want to still have that element of it. I think, and this comes back to my original days when I started in radio 20 <laughs> something years ago. You know, I, I remember my boss would, and this was an original training thing in a lot of my training comes from that I teach podcasters are basic elements from my radio days because we were taught how to speak to somebody on the other side. That's the basics of radio. So they would have us print out a face, a, a headshot of somebody, somebody's photo and say, tape that to the wall in front of you or have it in front of you. And when you're talking on the radio, you're talking to that one person. So even though I, I would host an afternoon drive show and there's tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people listening in that moment, I'm talking to that one person that's in the car on their way home from work. I'm kind of their companion along the way. So even though there's a lot of people, they're not noticing that because it's just them in their little bubble in their car and you're talking to them. So when you go for a run, that drives me nuts. When I, I'll go for a run, put my earbuds in and I hear a podcast host go, hey guys, hey everybody. Who else is listening at that moment? It's just me running. Are there people following me? I'm so confused <laughs> right now. It's just me. So even though there are lots of people that will listen to it in that moment, it's very intimate because it's straight in my ears and there's theater of the mind that plays into it. So my mind then is taking this, this audio and then crafting an image of what this looks like. And that's a very passionate, very intimate thing. So you want to treat it that way when you are recording it. Treat it as if you have just a listener that's on the other side. You have a community of people. And if you want to build that, that's great. But in that moment when you're recording the audio, just treat it as if it's just me as a listener sitting at the table with you. If it's just you talking, it's just having a conversation with the one person. Same thing also goes with video too. I think a lot of people don't realize that when it comes to video, you have that power to be able to have that kind of one connection that way. The best TV hosts are the ones that understand that and know that even though there's millions of people watching on the other side of the camera, they're just talking to one person at that moment. Amazing. Yes. And so that kind of gets me to my next question. I'm wondering, is it better to when you're recording a podcast to have your guests or whomever you're recording with on video with you? Does Do you think it changes the type of podcast that, that people are hosting? Or what does it do for you? Should you turn off the video because it's better for your audio? Should you keep it on because it actually helps build a stronger connection? What's your opinion on that? That's a great question. There's two things that stand out. Number one, there's a technical element of it is, do you need the video to be able to see, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like props or something. If you're going to have to show something off and, and sometimes you're recording video, that's going to be you. The podcast is also going to be a video element. Then yeah, you are going to need to have it on that way. From an intimacy standpoint, when you're recording, it can go either way. From a technical standpoint, yes, your bandwidth is a little bit better when you cut the audio, the video off. It depends on your internet connection at that point. That's just something you have to know about your own situation. I think it also depends on how you 
project yourself with your own recording? Do you need that video, that, that visual element to connect with somebody? Is it helpful in many ways? Yeah. Sometimes it's not. Um, I think you can, it can go 50, 50. It really depends on the person, what you're comfortable with me personally. I like the video element because I am also a visual person where I can, uh, no, I can add a little elements to make someone laugh, make someone do something differently that way. Only thing though, is that if you reference that in the audio, you have to remember that if they do something in video, if you're just doing an audio only, you're going to have to reference that. You're going to have to say, this person is doing this. You know, you might hold something up. I'm like, oh, wait a minute, hold it. She's holding up a book of this because the audio person is not going to be able to see that. So you have to have that part in your brain that as you're recording, you have to remember that that is just that. That's an old radio trick because you would do stuff in the studio and you have to remember person that's listening can't see that. You have to explain that, which is also really powerful and awesome. If you're really good at being able to explain and, des and describe what you are seeing, that can be more powerful than actually the person seeing it itself. If you're really good at that, I can go either way. I can do it with video. I think it's great. But at the same time, I also know that there is power in our words and using that theater of the mind with just doing audio only. So it really depends on the person and, and their own personal preferences. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I guess personally, I just appreciate the visual connection and yeah. I'm super nosy too. Now that everyone's working from home, I'm like, Ooh, is that your kitchen in the background there, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this now see what's funny is that this is placement number two. If we're in placement number one, we'd have the nice beautiful artwork that sits right behind there. So it all you know, everybody's been kind of learning of what what is and what's not. And what's funny is that I always get asked about that artwork. They say, Ooh, where did you buy that? I'm like, that's a great question. This was a furnished apartment. I have no clue. Let me make up the story <laughs> anyway. So I'd like um, to imagine that it's a local Puerto Rican artist. As I'm sure are. more than likely it is. I just don't know who it is. So amazing. You know, I love that. Sorry, yeah. Let's just pretend it was very expensive. <laughs> so aside from, you know, Zoom and making these decisions about whether to make it a visual or an audio or whatever, what else do people need to get started? I have had people say, well, I'd like to podcast, but I just don't have the extra 10K kind of sitting around. Like, what are we looking at for startup costs for a podcast? I'm currently using a hand-me-down microphone, which seems to be working okay. But what else would someone need? The biggest question I always get from people starting out is what type of microphone? And the thing is, it doesn't really matter. Like you, you can go through and, and spend anywhere between 50 to 150, $200 on a nice, good microphone that gets the job done. The key is, do you know how to use the microphone? What words you say into the microphone, into the camera, how you interact with the camera and that person that's on the other side there. That's what matters more than what microphone you have. There are people that could have a $10,000 microphone, but they'll start their podcast with, hey guys, and I'm turned off. It doesn't matter. You know, someone could have a $50 microphone and know how to be able to talk into it and interact with somebody on the other side. And that's what matters the most. You know, like this microphone, this is a AKG C2000B. If you're taking notes, don't write that down. This is a 20-year-old <laughs> microphone that hasn't been around in years. This is my old voiceover microphone from my old radio days. I have a USB adapter to it because I'm old-fashioned. I also know how to talk into this microphone. I know how to utilize it and get the sound and be able to interact with it in a certain way. That's why I love it. I am changing to a different one this year just from preference and for travel reasons, you know, I don't have a gigantic big studio set up. Like, you know, you have the boom and the adapter and all that. I travel a lot six months out of the year when we're not in a global pandemic. So my setup is set up so that I can set up wherever I'm at. So it's all different preference when it comes to those technical elements like that. So when it comes to setup costs, it doesn't really matter. You don't need all of the big, crazy stuff. What matters is the most and what you need to concentrate on when they say, I want to do a podcast is great. Why? First question is, why do you want to do a podcast? 
what is the benefit of you sharing your knowledge and the person that's going to be listening and gaining this knowledge or information? Are they going to, what are you going to have them do? Are they going to be thinking by the end of the podcast, something different? Are you going to make them laugh? Are you going to entertain them? Um, are you going to make them feel something? Are you going to make them want to be motivated to do something or think about a subject in a different way or want to change their life, whatever it is, but you have to have a really strong why, because there will be times when you are deep in this process of creating your podcast and you're going to get lost in details of, oh, I don't have any new ideas for this, or there's a technical element. We have a sound problem and things to just like add up. There's always little things that come up. You get frustrated. You go good on a wave of, you know, five, 10 episodes, you're in a roll, but then you kind of get in a funk and you have to remember what the why is and the why will push through and answer any questions. So that when you say, do I need to get this microphone? Do I need to pay this producer? Do I need this editor? Do I need this? Do I need that? That will help answer that question. At that point, then you have to look at your own lifestyle and your business. Do you, what do you want to be doing all this work? Do you want to be doing all the editing? Do you want to do all the technical elements? Is your time better off suited? If you run a seven-figure business, do you really want to be spending time for an hour or two a week digging into the edits and the details and trying to figure out all these little things that you might have to learn, which could be exciting. But if you run a seven-figure business, is that the best use of your time? Would it be better to pay someone, you know, anywhere between a hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred something plus an episode, depending on the type of episode you have, the system to have them do all of that? And if you have your system set up in a way where you are getting the eyes and the ears, and you have it set up where you have the proper call to action in there, so you're able to get emails to your database, you're able to drive traffic to a website for a product or whatever it is that your call to action is to help grow your business, then you realize from a business standpoint, then it's worth every single penny just to outsource it at that point. So for quick startup, question on that. So yeah. is that kind of the average? Like, if that is that what people, for example, the women in our community who are probably not going to want to DIY it and learn how to use editing software and figure out right. all their own stuff? Like, I think most of our women and, you know, our most likely our listeners are yeah. the type who are, are just going to outsource it to someone like you. What would it typically cost you? 150 to 200 an episode? Is that for your first episodes? Is that just like long term? So when it comes to launching your podcast, you're going to find anywhere between, for a lot of companies, anywhere between 2,500 to 5,000 to launch. And that's just the basic consultancy, setting everything up. You know, for our company, it depends on your system, what you want to do, what, you know, what, what extent we're going with this and how much work we have to do on our end. And for most companies that you hire for that, they're going to take care of everything. So you have a consultation to talk about the why, what you want to craft your message to be, what's the format. And then also that you have to figure out then costs of if you're to get music. Music. You have to buy a song. So you have the rights to that. That can vary anywhere between you know, 50 to 150, 200, depending on the song, your microphone. Um, if you have podcast hosting, where the podcast lives, where your RSS feed lives, that's anywhere from free to like $100, $150 a year, about $10, $12, $15 a month. For a regular rolling cost, you can do a couple different ways. You can out do a lot of that on your own. You can also find um, editors online that will do it for anywhere from $10 to $20 that can just do basic elements of just take your stuff, take the ums and ands out because everyone is so obsessed to take their ums and ands out when really it doesn't matter. I mean, if you have a very long pause and it ruins the flow, then yes, you want to cut that out. But all these little details of that, that is just you and your own brain getting angry about that because we all do that in our own way. 
they can do all those basic elements. For uh, some other companies, you know, we vary anywhere between 100 to 250 an episode, depending on how basic it is. If it's just basic audio, if there's a video element, then yeah, we have to, there's an additional cost with that. And then we include that in that. Uh, we're also switching to a monthly fee though, um, in the next month or two, where we'll have just a monthly fee and that's all included how many episodes you have on there. And that's all taken care of. All you have to do is record the audio. You send it off to us. We do the basic editing. We take a listen to those things. We do the show notes. We send it off to you for approval. We upload it. We schedule it. It's all taken care of. So all you have to do is pretty much record it. The difference between the two, there's a difference between when you hire um, cost-wise from just an editor and a production company. So we run, I run a production company. So we do the basic editing, but there's also the other element of the content and the editorial of it. I am a, I've been in the media for 20 something years. So while yes, I have a team that will take care of the basic editing. I also listen to it from an editorial standpoint. What is the flow of this? You know, besides taking the ums and ands out, did you have a thing in the middle for like talking about five or 10 minutes about a topic that really didn't matter? You kind of went off track and that's okay. I'll say, here's why you should take this out because it helps, with the, it helps with the flow. It doesn't really fit with the topic you're talking about. And sometimes I've had this with some of my clients. Most of my clients trust me in my judgment now where I built that rapport with them. They'll come to me and with something and I'll say, hey, you had a conversation about this topic. I don't think it's appropriate for this. And here's why. And I'll explain that it might not fit with this. It might not work with that. You might get in trouble if you word it that way for legal reasons, if you're talking about certain topics as me trying to keep you out of, you know, keep you, you know, out of trouble. So our job is to not only just do the basic editing but it's also come a, come at it from a production and editorial standpoint, listening to it from a bigger picture and helping you with your voice to make sure that, you know, that voice you have in your head is crafted in a way and you're able to execute it through the microphone. So we help train with that as well. So that's the difference. You can hire just a basic editor for next to nothing online. You can go to Fiverr and find someone to do those basic elements of it. But the thing is though, we're now at a stage though, when it comes to podcasting, where you have to really stand out. You know, there was nearly a million podcasts added to the store last year because of COVID. People were at home just adding. Most of them will be dormant. So in the last week, the new survey came out from Edison Research where they go through, it's called Infinite Dial. You can look it up. They pretty much analyze all the podcast numbers, take a look at you know, habits of things that, uh, of how people listen to podcasts. The average right now in the US, the Canada report will come out in the next week or two, but in the US, most uh, podcast listeners listen to eight podcast episodes from five podcasts. That's about 5.1 actually. That's the average. So when you think about it, you're bombarded with all this content. You're bombarded with all these other podcasts. So you have to be at a certain level, not only with your message, but produ production-wise, that people are going to want to listen to. Because if you just try to half-ass it, people are going to be able to notice that, and they're not going to want to listen to it because they have stuff from the New York Times. They have stuff from NPR, from CBC, from the BBC. They have independent production stuff from coaches that are just beautifully produced. You're competing with that now. And then also remember, you're competing it with Netflix with YouTube, with TikTok, with, with now when things open up, the outside people, the outside, the outside, <laughs> you have to compete with nature. So, I mean, people are going to want to listen to you when you're through nature, but the thing is you have to be at a certain level now that people will want to give you permission to be able to get into their ears. They have, it has to be good with not only your message, but the way it sounds, the way it's crafted. And in a way where people will be excited to listen to, because we've all stumbled upon a podcast from a friend or something, and you just listen to the first few minutes and go, I can't listen to this. You have to be at a level now. If not, you're going to be sitting on the shelf with all the other podcasts that people say, oh yeah, I'll listen to it. I'll, I'll subscribe. I'll follow it. But they actually don't get, don't get to that. 
Yes, I am definitely guilty of that. We have uh, we have a number of podcasters in the community and among our alumni. And as much as I love them all, you know, you have limited hours in the day. Yeah, there's nothing like pouring a ton of time and, and money and effort into something and then having it sit dormant. So Right. And the thing is, I get it that one of the things that holds people back too is that they're afraid to do it because they don't know how to do it. They're afraid mm-hmm. to talk into the microphone. It's different. I mean, I get it. Talking to them, if you're recording a solo episode, it can be weird. I mean, I'm used to it now just because I'm, I've been doing it since I was 15 years old. But when you're sitting there for the first time and kind of talking to a wall, you know, <laughs> and you're imagining somebody's on the other side, it's weird. But the thing is that if you have someone that can help guide you, a company that has been through that, that knows how to be able to help you figure that out and work through that, it takes time to just sit down and do it. But once you do and you start to learn how to craft your message that way, I mean, it's a very magical thing that you can create at that point. So that kind of brings me to the next question that I had about hosting. What makes a great host or what makes a really crappy host in your experience? How do we, from the get-go, you know, yeah. shine a little bit more than the average? So uh, let me. Uh, there's one thing that really stands out bad-wise, and then I'll get to the good so we don't get all negative on it. The one thing that stands out, though, that from a bad host that I've just heard a lot over the last couple of weeks, and I've just had this conversation with a couple of clients of mine, is making it about you. Now, when you're doing a comedy podcast or something fun, that's different. But uh, so often I hear, and especially in the coaching space, when coaches bring other coaches on, which is always funny because I hear a life coach interviewing another life coach, coaches try to make it about them. They'll be listening to a story and then they'll try to relate their own situation, their own story or a story of somebody else or something they learned and try to make them the star in that moment instead of just letting the guest be the star because they want to look good because they're the host. They want people to sign up for their services or whatever. They want to show that they can do it. But the thing is, your job in that moment is to just listen and to be the facilitator. There is a difference between an interview and a conversation. You should know that when you're going into it. Are you actually interviewing someone to ask questions and dig into them? Or are you having a conversation with them about a topic? Because if you're having a conversation, you can then be a little bit more vocal and, on, and open that way. But a lot of times people are interviewing someone, but try to make it a conversation. You know, they might be in the middle of, someone might be in the middle of an amazing story. I've had, I'll be honest, I had a client of mine in a couple of weeks ago, I had this conversation with a conversation with uh, someone that went through this amazing, horrible thing. And she just dropped down what happened. And I was like, oh my God. But at that moment, he tried to turn it on about another interview with someone that did something similar. I went, no, she's in the middle of the story. We need to continue the story. Don't make it about you. Don't make it about this just to highlight yourself. Listen, be just the vessel, allow that story. And, you know, from like, we're talking about that physical thing, you know, you're the host here, the guest is here, the listener is here. Your job is to take this and help guide it, not to take it, make it about you because it's like a bad first date. No one wants to hear, you know, if you tell a story to somebody and the date tries to make it about them, so many podcast hosts do the same thing. So, but what makes a good host though? What I just mentioned about being able to guide that way, exploring their curiosity, someone that's genuinely curious about the topic or the person they're talking about. And then somebody that's also able to express that and be able to connect with the listener on the other side with that topic, with that information. Someone's in the middle of a great story and the host makes it about them and the guest comes back and says, well, anyway, let me continue with my story. Like, Dude, you just ruined it. Let, let him tell the story. You know, I've, I've heard that before, but just understanding what it is and, and understanding that in this moment and be willing to be able to go with wherever it is and let it happen, but be able to be that facilitator to let your curiosity flow. But at the same time, understand that it isn't always necessarily about you. I think it's a really good reminder. And I think the podcast that I just go back to time and time again, don't do that. You know, Masters of Scale is 
an incredible production. Like it's, yeah, it's another yeah. level. For me, like I host a lot of our group sessions to bring it back to me. <laughs> but people, I think people worry about the time. Like if somebody is going on and on and on, but that's when it helps to have someone like you, right? To have a good editor, a good production team who can, you know, if somebody does go off on a tangent or gets a little ranty, <laughs> they're right. able to... But, but- but it's okay for a host to have that power to try to bring it on back. If they notice that with that flow, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Because in a way, when you're a host, there's two parts of your brain. There is part of you that is very active in that moment, that's listening to this conversation. And then there's also part of you that's also thinking ahead. You're looking at the clock. You're looking at how this flow is going. If you're knowing it's not going in that right direction, it's, it's different to make it about you versus bringing it back or directing it in a different direction. That's just being a good host. That's not making it selfish. That's just you in that role and flowing with that. It's almost like you're in a zone. The moment I start that clock to the moment I know it's done, I'm in this moment. I'm in this flow. I'm listening and active in this conversation and paying attention and, and letting it go where it goes. But at the same time, I'm also thinking, you know, sometimes I'll, uh, when I would co-host with some of my clients, I'll hear an edit in my head and I'll just make a quick note of a time because I know that's going to be an edit. I didn't like how they did that or I want them to go back and repeat something. So you're always kind of have that little part in your head and you kind of have to play between the two roles. And that's just one of those things that you learn over time. Which kind of brings me to I'm watching the clock here and recognizing we're getting towards the end of our time together. I had a couple of questions from our members that I've already brought in. But one of the questions that came up is we have women who are interested or who are already recording and they're getting ready to launch. What are some of the ways that we can launch effectively? Like how many podcasts should you have recorded? What are some of the things that you see people doing well? Or again, you know, what are they not doing well that they could be doing? The new thing now is to launch with a couple episodes in the bank, which I think is a good idea to do. It also does help a little bit with the algorithm. When people say, when, when podcast people say it helps with the algorithm, the answer is people genuinely don't know. We don't really know how Apple's algorithms work with all this stuff. We've heard some info. We don't. It's Apple. They're mysterious. That's how they are. Spotify is the same way. They run their own thing. But there are some tricks that we've seen with some people that work. We did a launch last year, Ask a Matchmaker with Matchmaker Maria from New York City. We launched with five in the can. That was really smart on our part because people binged right away with that. And we picked the five best ones right at the beginning. So that way people had it ready to go. So in some ways, I think launching with a couple is not a bad idea. I think it can work out well. If you're not comfortable doing that and you just want to start with one, that's okay too. I think the biggest key when you're doing that launch is you have to remember that, like what we talked about before, the beauty of content is that all of this online world is that you can listen or watch anything anywhere at any time. The bad part of it is that you can listen or watch anything anywhere at any time. I can say, yeah, I'll subscribe. By the way, the word subscribe is now going away. It's going to be follow. Apple is changing that. So now you have to change the, the way you say it. It's always going to be follow because most people, oh, I think it's like 40 something percent of people when they hear the word subscribe, they think they're going to have to be charged something. They think there's money. So Apple's changing it to follow, which is what most of the other apps are doing. So now we have to say, follow our podcast, just a word to change in that way. But I'll say, sure, I'll follow your podcast. Sure, I'll just add it to my other bajillion other ones I was going to listen to at that point. You know, what? So the biggest key is two things when you're doing your launch. Number one, People should know what they're going to get out of the podcast. You should know what it is, what your voice is, what what benefit they have of adding this to their listen. And number two, one thing I think a lot of people don't do enough of that you can easily do is help guide people to put it on their calendar. You know, we did a launch about two years ago of Mario Armstrong, his Emmy Award-winning host. We launched a daily. He's a motivational speaker, coach type of person. And we did a uh, daily podcast called Wake Up and Level Up. 
It was branded as a five-minute start-your-day podcast. You wake up and level up with the podcast. It's five minutes. Everyone has five minutes in the beginning of the morning. We branded it in a way where you can, we even said, hey, when you're brushing your teeth, you can listen to us. When you're making your coffee, you're waiting for your five minutes for the coffee to be done, you can listen to the podcast. By the end of the five minutes, you're going to have a bit of motivation, and we're going to give you a takeaway every single day to utilize and run with. Boom. So people knew when they should listen every morning. They knew they were going to get something out of it. And they knew that they were going to be able to have something that they can utilize for the day to make their day better. So we gave them some really amazing value at that point. And it went gangbusters instantly because of that. We crafted it in a way. So people knew that's when it was on their calendar. I think that's the one thing that you're starting to see a little bit more with some content is that you can help craft it in a way and even brand it in a way where you tell people when to watch or listen to it. Sure. And you know, we know the late night talk show hosts in the States is late night, but a lot of people watch it, you know, while they're cooking or whatever in the middle of the day and all that. But you know, why not focus a little bit of your branding on here's what you can listen to when you're running. Here's what you can listen to when you're doing this. Um, there was a company, uh, a pasta company that created pasta a playlist on Spotify that was long enough for what they recommended to cook your pasta for. So you start the playlist and it would play a couple songs. And when the playlist was done, your pasta is done. Brilliant. You that's know, amazing. that's just a unique way of doing it. So I think there's finding a unique way for that fits your brand and what you're doing and finding a way to tell people this is a good idea when they should listen to it. So that way they get you get on their calendar. They know when to listen to it. So not only are you doing it for yourself, you're also doing them a service because you're one of 20 other podcasts they subscribe to. At least now they know when to listen to your podcast more than just we launch on Wednesday. Okay, great. So does everybody else. I have a bajillion other ones I have to listen to on a Wednesday, but craft it in a way where they know that they get built into the habit. You know, the biggest thing that happened last year with podcasting with COVID, we saw listenership grow by 18% year over year, which is amazing with everything that happened. The problem at the beginning of that though was when everybody's habits stopped, the commutes, the runs, this, when everyone was back inside, people had to readjust to how they were listening to their podcast and find a new place, a new time on their, in, in this new whatever schedule to listen to it. So your job when you're launching is to find a way to be able to say, here's probably the best time and here's why. Give them a reason why. Add some value to that time of whatever they're doing and even craft your podcast in a way to do that. I don't see a problem with that. It's just a unique, different way to be able to differentiate yourself from the rest of the stuff. I love that. Is there a specific day of the week that you found is better than others? Or is it really just about finding that exact opportunity for your listener, you know, walking on Wednesdays or, or whatever the five minute mornings that this guy was walking doing? on Wednesday? I love that. See, there you go. You just came up with a unique idea just like that. I get 10% <laughs> rights of any ads from um, it. it, it, it I mean, the, uh, the biggest days pretty much are Tuesdays and Wednesdays. There really is no right or wrong reason with it. Tuesday and Wednesdays are fine. The thing is, everybody does Tuesday or Wednesday. You know, changing up a little bit doesn't hurt. There's some that I, you know that come out on Fridays, and those are my weekend ones. I know I listen to those on the weekend. So it all it all really depends. Also, it changes a bit too because there's so many daily ones that are out now too. I mean, once the daily from the New York Times really kicked off, that started to change. So many things to think about. Um, before we go, you did just mention ads, and I know people have said, "Well, it's only really worth doing it for our business if we can right. generate ad revenue or if we can advertise our product, service, etc." At what point do you recommend people start using their podcast as a vehicle for their own ads or for you know trying to generate revenue? from ads. Is there a magic number there? Yeah, great question. Um, when it comes to uh, adding ads from other companies, it varies depending on the type of podcast you're doing. 
and how niche you are about it, how niche your audience is. If you really know who your audience is and is a certain demographic of, you know, I'm going after women 25 to 44 that are in this place in their life that are business owners with this, you're going to really be able to narrow it on down and get there a lot quicker than just the generic audience. Now, when it, for a lot, for uh, a good, uh, more than likely with your community, you have uh, people that are going to be selling their own products, promoting their own products, their coaching programs, their online courses and all. The answer to that is you can start right away. Is that promoting yourself? I see no problem with doing that. It's all on how you do it. If it comes off as an advertising element, then yeah, it's going to rub people the wrong way. But if you're offering value, you know, think of it in this way when it comes to a promoting is that your podcast changes them from a cold to a warm lead instantly because they already know what you sound like. They got a vibe from you. They, they connect with you. They like you already. So that way, when they're going in for the sale or you're getting them on a um, exploratory call, like if, they're, if you're like, cool, sign up for a free 30 minute free call with me to see if it works. They already like you. They're already one step ahead of the game at that point. All you're doing is making that job a little bit easier at that point and is getting to them to the phone or to uh filling out the form a lot quicker instead of just you know doing it in a different way. So I don't see a problem with promoting yourself and your business and all right away. I think it's just being clever in how you do it and also offering something of real value to them too. What If you're offering them a free downloadable product, what is that? What value are they going to get out of it? How does it connect to that conversation they just had? Because if they're listening to a conversation and by the end of it, they feel motivated to act but and they're looking for guidance and you're like, well, I have a free downloadable PDF that is a five-step guide to whatever. So you're then giving them that extra step to take that action at that point. So again, you're taking it from a cold to a warm lead and boom, there you go. Capture their information and then you can add them to your drip campaign and then be able to expand on from that. So I don't see a problem with, if, especially if you're doing a, a coaching program or, or any sort of business like that, start right away. That is that you are, you are utilizing it as a vehicle to promote yourself. Absolutely. No doubt. It's all in how you craft it. It's all in the value you offer. And that's what will turn people on or off with it. And if you're really good at being able to express yourself through that medium to be able to connect with someone on the other side that way, then you, all you're doing is adding value and they're appreciating you. Then at that point, it's not really a sales pitch. Yeah, we actually don't have a lot of coaches in the community. We have a few. We have consultants, we have agency owners, and we have women in wildly different industries, restaurant businesses, construction companies. But a few of them have expressed interest in hosting a podcast for business growth and business development. And that's great. That's uh, by the way, just because it, I know I mentioned the, the coaching element of it, because I know you had a amount of coaches, but even if it's a restaurant or construction or whatever it is, you take that and just replace your own industry with it. It's just that you do it differently. Now, if it's like, if it's a construction service and you're doing a podcast, you're giving people guidance because they might be coming to you, not sure how to start a project. Those basic elements of conversation that you have with people when you first get on the phone with them or a video chat, that's your content. So all you're doing then is kind of creating that stuff that guides them into it. And that way, those basic elements that you usually talk about individually, that you're already kind of passive. They already have a bit of an education. So you're adding value, but you're also selling yourself at the same time. And that works for all those different types of industries. It's those, that's where a lot of that good content comes in, those basic conversations at the beginning. A lot of people will sometimes say, I don't know what to talk about. You have more knowledge that you realize that you just share. When you meet somebody on the street and they ask you what you do, and then you kind of get on a riff about some basic information, not about you know what you do, but you're just giving them value in that moment. Like, oh, I'll talk to you about this. You have this problem, let me share this. That's a podcast type content. That's what you all nat naturally were doing out in the wild. It's just, you're now doing it in a very unique, different form now. Yeah, I love that. I mean, for me, it's just, it's bringing our members in and serving them with the connections that I build anyways. Like on average, I make upwards of, 
five or six connections every single day. I had a day last week when I made 15. And then, you know, these incredible women often or men and women, you know, we're not uh, discriminating in that way, but they'll have these great conversations and people are like, oh, I'd love to listen into that conversation. And that's why I thought bringing it into a podcast would work. Uh, and then as far as our ads or promoting Dovetail through it, when we have our members on, people start to understand the type of women that are part of our membership. Uh, and then they can connect with those women and then hopefully join us for a Dovetail dinner or one of our, our kind of leads that uh, are the ways that we bring women into the community. So yeah, real quick, by the way, when we're talking, going back to, you know, closing it out on what you talked about with your idea at the beginning, you just mentioned it there at the beginning. That's your thing is, and you understand that. And, and, and I see that's kind of the vibe with it is that people are eavesdropping, eavesdropping in on these conversations. You are the connector. You naturally are doing that. I mentioned at the beginning how you're an idea connector, you're connecting that. So your podcast is people eavesdropping in on these conversations and they're getting knowledge out of that. You know, again, treat it as, you know, a table, you know, it's you, the person that needs, that's going to be mentoring the person that needs the mentoring. And then the listener who's eavesdropping in on it. And your job as a host is to not only guide this conversation, you know, you're going to let them do their thing, but also be in the head of the person that's on the other side and be kind of their voice of, okay, they heard this, but they might have a question about it. So what is that? And then ask that to help facilitate and guide that, you know, that is your role in that type of situation. Awesome. Yeah. There's so much to practice, so much to learn. This was an interesting kind of mixed combo. I was approaching it as though I was one of the mentees. You're one of the mentors, but it's also the first recording that I'm doing and we don't actually have a third person in the room as the mentee. So it was a bit of a mix. The biggest key is you ask questions that someone on the other side probably has, because there is, like I said, the one of the biggest things people hold people back is they don't know how to do it. So you ask, what's a good host? How do you launch? A lot of those basic things, which, you know, people are thinking and that kind of hold them back. So you ask those questions and you're able to do that. This was uh, incredible, enlightening. I think I will have some great notes from this to take back directly to our community, because that's one of the member benefits is that they get access to raw recordings, notes, and then connection with you. Pretty sweet. Before we go, I have one last question and it is, is there anything else on your heart or on your mind uh, about podcasting or not that you think would serve our listeners? That's a great question. Yes. This is more of a mix of a personal element of that too. As someone who's working on my own content and figuring it out, I think one thing that we need more of in this world, now that we're recording this in March, 2021, pretty much a year from this thing that has started. And at the beginning of this whole thing, I I created a video of how, and I, I noticed this on Facebook because I asked people how people were doing about a year ago. And we were very authentic and real and very honest. You know, we would say, how are you? And instead of, I'm fine, how are you? Like the passing thing, we were honest. We said how we were feeling, we needed that. And now we're about a year out and I can feel the shift back to the wall, back to keeping that guard up where we've gone through this thing, but I don't think people are as I was hoping that that vibe and feel would stay. And in many ways it has, but also as we're going back to opening up a little bit and, and life going back to what was, I can still feel a bit of that wall coming back up. I can feel that element of not being as vulnerable. So if you're going to do something like this, give yourself permission to be vulnerable. Because if you are the vulnerable one, your guest, your listener, you're giving them permission to be vulnerable as well. Now, that's, that is the biggest key is that while we talk about the technical elements, if you are your authentic real self and you give yourself permission to be that, you're giving somebody that's listening or your guest this gift to be able to do it as well. And we need more of that. So if you're going to get into this, don't waste time with the blah, blah, raw sounding like every other podcast that's out there. 
be real, be yourself, be vulnerable, because you're giving the gift of permission to other people to do that as well. And by the way, it's when you talk about growth and all, when you're genuinely authentically yourself, you might have haters, you might have people that don't like it, but that's fine because you're being yourself and people will appreciate that, whether they love you or hate you. You know, and I'm hoping personally to do more of that with my own, with some man on the street stuff and other type of items with my own stuff that I do, because I think it's definitely necessary as we start to see, you know, the world open up and everyone gets crazy. Uh, hopefully we just don't go back to, you know, how we were acting and feeling with each other before. Cause honestly, it sucked. It just wasn't real. And we need more of what we had at the beginning of this whole thing, because it allowed us to work through it. But imagine what the world could be like if we were more like that. Beautiful. All right, Matt Hayes, I have one last question and it is how do you best end a podcast? How do I wrap this baby up? How do I take it home? Let me know. All right. So here, here's what we'll do. I'll kind of talk to myself. So what you want to first do is acknowledge the guests and say, thank you. Cause everyone kind of knows this at the end. And then you want to give them the opportunity. You already gave an opportunity for a final thing, but you want to give them an opportunity to either plug or share how they can find you, give them a call to action. And then that, then at that point, you want to talk about your own call to action in there as well. So you would say, you know, Matt, thank you so much. It was wonderful. It's great. You're, you are amazing. You are such an amazing human being. You know, everybody loves, you. Oh, sorry. We're just didn't mean to get a little too crazy about that, but just thank them and say, you know, where can you, you see them. And then I would say, well, you can find me on pretty much all the socials. You can find me at Matt Hayes at M-A-T-T-H-A-Z-E on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. Twitter and Instagram are mostly my preferred ways. Also, you can find me on TikTok as well at I am Matt Hayes, where I am doing some news uh, man on the street, social media type interactive videos there as well. If you are listening and you like to connect, you're more than welcome to and you know, message me and say hello that you heard me here on the podcast and we'll definitely chat. And then you would say, that's Matt. Thank you, Matt. And then you can wrap it up and say, thank you so much for listening to this uh, or watching this podcast. It's been great. If you have something you want to promote about, you know, a call to action, a website, something, and also at, make sure to remind people, you know, if you really like this, feel free to make sure to follow me on any podcast app that you listen to Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, whatever it might be. So that way you are reminded and told every single time we have a new episode. Thanks for listening. Have a great day, whatever. Like, Perfect. Uh, one quick question on that. I yeah. never like to end like when we do our guest experts and things, I don't like to end with the tell us where to find you pitch this pitch that I like to end on the deep and meaningful like the question that I asked you. Do you think that still works in a podcast? Could I say, hey, before we get to my very last question, I would love for you to share how to our listeners find you, blah, 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 that, and then go into that last question. That's, that's a great thing. Yeah, absolutely. Do that if you rather do it that way. That's actually a really good idea. Say, so I have one final question before I do that. Uh, you know, it's been awesome having you. How can people find you on social media? All right. Now I want to ask, you know, that. So yeah, there's nothing wrong with doing it that way at all. If that's what you feel comfortable with and if it's you, great, do it. And it, it, it technically logistically makes sense. Amazing. Yeah. I just want people to end on the high rather than end on the pitch. So great idea. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. I loved this conversation with Matt. He is wonderful, smart, brilliant, amazing, and definitely didn't edit this to have me say all those nice things. After listening to this episode, I'm thinking about how you and I can treat our listeners like they're part of the conversation, as if they're right here in the room with us. We don't want to speak to a thousand people or a million people. We should just speak to the one person who's out for a walk with their earbuds on or behind the wheel or standing in their kitchen chopping up peppers for dinner. Because it's not about you or I as the host or about our brands. It's about how we can serve that one listener and make them feel like they're the only person in the room. Thank you so much for being here today. I can't wait for you to meet the rest of the incredible entrepreneurs who are joining me on the podcast. I'll be releasing new episodes every Wednesday, 
So be sure to follow the podcast on whichever app you use so that you don't miss out on insights, inspiration, and big ideas. Do you know someone who could really use these nuggets of knowledge? Take a quick screenshot, post it on social, and tag a friend or two. Or just text it straight to them. That's really why I created this podcast. To share this expertise and peer-to-peer support with you and all the other entrepreneurs that need it. So if you enjoyed this episode, I'd be grateful for a quick five-star rating and review on whatever app you're listening on. It'll go a long way to helping me serve and support even more entrepreneurs. Thanks again for joining me. I can't wait to connect with you again next week. We'll see you soon.